This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 70. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And this is Brett Hurst. And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. All right. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Well, welcome back. We've been away for a while. It's been a while since we've posted an episode, but uh, we're here to remedy that and get back on track. Happy to get back into a rhythm of posting regular episodes. Yep. But before we jump into today's content, I would just like to share a tip of the day, which is my bell for the tip of the day. Sometimes yep. we like to start the show with a resource or a book or something that might be helpful to our audience. And I just want to recommend a podcast called Money Girl. It's part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast on iTunes. And I just really enjoy this podcast. Uh, I listen to it regularly. This is a woman who is a financial expert. She uh, shares all kinds of information from investing to saving to how to save money on your utility bills. I mean, she's just got a lot of really good content. And so um, some of her information is what inspired some of our uh, topic today. And so I just want to recommend her Money Girl podcast. So that's the sound effect yes, for the tip. Of course. Is that something I'm going to have to live with from now on? That's on? something I like to um, bring to the table. Well, all right. Well, jumping in, today's episode is called Tracking Money as a New Couple. Tracking Money? Oh, did I say tracking? I meant to say tackling money. Tackling money? As a new couple. Or, but you know, you do want to track your money, well, so... You want to know where it's going. We'll actually talk about that in a minute. But Brett, you and I spend a lot of time with young couples who are planning to either get married soon or they are at least thinking about marriage. Indeed we do. In fact, if you live in the Houston area or you know someone who does, we teach a um, premarital class called Married Life Prep. It's a lot of fun. We teach it twice a year and it's completely free and open to the community. And so if you're interested or know of someone who might, you can go to marriedlifeprep.org and find out when the next class is happening. Cool. But we uh, hear a lot of financial questions from the couples that we spend time with, and they tend to center around these kind of questions. You know, what if we live together, but we're not married? How do we manage our finances? Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to think of our money as his and hers or just one pot of our money? A, a common question is, how should we divide expenses if one of us makes more than the other? That's a really common question. Also, how do we handle pre-relationship debt, you know, student loan debt or even consumer debt that we've incurred before we get married? How should we set up our bank accounts? Is there a one-size-fits-all system? You know, a lot of people are just really concerned about are there critical do's and don'ts of how to do money together? And let's face it, money is a huge part of your life mm-hmm. and a huge part of your relationship. Yeah. So I think it's worth tackling these questions because they're such good questions. And whether you're in a serious relationship or you've already gotten married, we, th- we think and hope this discussion will help you strengthen that area of money in your relationship. And so let's jump in. Uh, what it, one of the things we get couples to ask is, what is the status of your relationship? And what would you say about that, Brett? About the stat, well, so we have P- 
people that take married life prep, for instance, that are uh, engaged or or they're newly married, they're newlyweds already, or they're thinking about the possibility of getting married. They want to see if this is really for them or Quite frankly, they don't know what they are. And right. that sounds kind of crazy, but uh, we've had people come that say, uh, yeah, we have been living together for, let's say, two, three years. But they may even have a kid or two kids, maybe, but they don't know how to class- classify themselves. So uh, we'll say, well, uh, you know, legally, you're either married or you're not married. So mm-hmm. kind of start from there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole new world. Yeah. So would you say that there probably are different money rules for a couple who lives together versus a couple who's actually married? Yes, that, that would be my answer. I think, I think it's uh, tricky on a lot of levels if you're living together. First of all, you're not in full commitment together. And that's mm-hmm. something that uh, you know we always want to make clear is that um, the marriage is full commitment. Mm-hmm. So you've got, uh, and in fact, technically, until you're married, if you are living together, I, I'm of the opinion that you're practicing non-commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that, but that's a whole nother conversation. And mm-hmm. we're here to talk more about money. So my two cents, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> would be that if you're not married and you're living together, then I would not suggest merging your finances together. Okay. And the reason is because there's still a high statistic of the fact that the, the, of the likelihood that you're not going to get married. Mm-hmm. You may think, oh, no, no, we're definitely getting married. Mm-hmm. We're on the right track. We're on a trajectory and we're heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. But that statistically, the, the stats don't back that up. Yeah, that's true. What are the stats, by the way, typically of couples who live together, but how many of them actually don't get married and don't stay together? Yeah, well, there's all kinds of different studies. I would say just generally, we're still clearly in the statistics that the majority of couples that live together before they get married uh, don't marry that person. Mm-hmm. And right. That, that is, that's pretty clear. Yeah. And the unique thing about when we teach our married life prep class is we do have a lot of couples who are living together in that class, but they are engaged. They have a wedding date set. So right. it's a little bit different than just a couple who has no plans to marry on the horizon at all. Right. That's you true. Know. But I would still say that. I would still yeah, say- Yeah, but what I'm saying is we can talk money differently with that couple who's about to really set up their marriage house together sure. versus a couple who really doesn't have any intention of moving in that direction direction at all. Right. Yeah. So what we would say is, you know, here's the general rule. Once you're married, once you're committed, that money should follow your commitment. Yeah. Um, Then it's a whole nother ballgame. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, merge every aspect of your finances. I mean, unite money with joint accounts. That's what Brett, you and I did from the very beginning. We've never had any kind of regret in that area. Uh, and, And I would clarify a possible exception on this for married couples would be couples that are remarrying. Maybe they're in their second or third marriage mm-hmm. and there's kids involved. Yeah, that's a different conversation, I think. That's a different I conversation, think. exactly. Yeah. So we're going to kind of put that to the side for now. Yeah, and we might do an episode, uh, a podcast episode of that, because I think that would be an interesting conversation. But, you know, all financial decisions when you're a married couple should be made as a team. Otherwise, you're just living as roommates. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I've, I've never understood a couple who shares so many areas of their life, but money they keep kind of separate. I, that just doesn't make a lot of logical sense to me. Uh-huh. But, you know, it doesn't matter if one works or if one makes more than the other. Throw that type of thinking out the window when it comes to money, because as a rule, how you handle money as a couple is kind of how you'll handle other areas of your relationship. Well, and I agree with that because money is so much a matter of the heart. And yeah. um, certainly uh, Christ talked about that a lot in the Gospels. Yeah. You know, that's why he talked more about money issues than he did about things like heaven or hell or anything else like that. Yeah, because they really are a reflection of who we are. And I think when you think of your money as his and hers, mine and yours, that can start to follow areas like household chores, that can follow like into extended family situations and even parenting. Mm -hmm. You can kind of think of like, not that your kids are like mine and your kids, but I mean, you might even think of how you parent and how you do household chores as that's your job. This is my job. And then you, I think you can move into that whole scorekeeping thing, which is not helpful in a relationship. Well, because the scorekeeping thing, and we've talked about this in the past, it tends to cause you to drift more into self-centered thinking and territorial thinking and so forth. And for healthy marriage in general, you want to be moving into selflessness Mm -hmm. uh, to where you're, you're moving into a high level of trust. Yeah. So, you know, don't think of it as my money and your money. Think of it as our money, because here's the thing. If you don't trust your partner with money, then why are you with that person? In my opinion, if you don't trust your partner with money, then you've got bigger issues than just how do we handle money. Right. Because if I don't trust my partner to do the right thing around money, that's just a hint at bigger fish to fry. Right, right. (laughs) And again, that's why I would advise people not to mesh their money until they are fully legally committed. Okay. So that's uh, point number one. Point number two is we talk about getting on the same page together with your money. How do we handle expenses when one person earns more than the other? Well, for me, the truth is this. One of you is always going to earn more or less. I, I can't think of too many couples who earn the exact salary all the way through their marriage career, you know, over the course of a long-term permanent relationship, you'll experience different income seasons. And that's just how it is. There may be seasons where one of you is out of work, maybe for a a long time, longer than you anticipate. Certainly true. And our almost 30 years of being married, there were times where you weren't working and there were times mm-hmm. where I was in between jobs. And, mm-hmm. yep. You you may make the choice at some point to be a stay-at-home parent or a work-from-home parent, and at some point that will impact your earning potential. Um, so we just say when you share your money and you think of everything as ours, mm-hmm. it can develop trust and transparency. It can foster communication. And I really believe it can set you free to accomplish more together than alone. Right. And that's kind of what you're shooting for all the way around in marriage is that you're moving into uh, more and more facets of intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the more 
intimate you can be together, the the stronger and deeper your relationship's going to be. It's going to help all the other areas of intimacy that you're trying to enhance. Yeah, for sure. Point number three is to take advantage of good financial tools. And we've talked about this on other episodes, but you know, you, you should be merging your finances together, but you should also take advantage of using a tool that keeps track of your spending and your budgeting and your simple goal setting. You know, Quicken is a good option. Mint.com is a great, um, I think it's a free uh, money tracking system. Those are just a couple of ideas, but you don't have to become a slave to spreadsheets. I'm not telling people that they have to get nerdy about how they track their money, but to use the technology that's available to just make your life easier. Right. Because it really is nice to be able to say, oh, that's where our money's going. Right. You know, we seem to be falling short each month. Where what ha- What's happening? Well, we're eating out a lot or we're spending a lot on clothes or whatever. Right, right. So uh, use the technology to help make your life easier. Okay, we also talk about start talking about money early in your relationship. So on the first date? Well, not on the first date. That will scare someone off. But as we always say, money and sex are the two least discussed areas of relationships, and they are the most fraught with conflict. So how many times have we witnessed couples in in our premarital situations or so forth where they have not ever had a conversation, let's say, about um, student loan debt? You know, oh my goodness! It, then, it's happened more than more than you would realize. Yeah, several several times, and then it's it's kind of like opening a big surprise box and surprise my debt level is X. Yeah, you know? which is a terrible surprise. Mm-hmm. But you know, op- opposites attract in couples, and that usually follows suit in the area of money. One of you most likely will be a little more of a spender. One of you might like might be more of a saver. One of you might be a conservative investor, and the other one likes to take some risks. So, are you more of a spender or a saver? I am definitely more of a spender, but I enjoy seeing our savings add up. So do I. That's a nice. And, uh, I, and I enjoy hearing. That's a little you shot say, of dopamine when I see that savings account. I enjoy hearing you say you enjoy that. <laughs> So let's just get further enjoyment together. And there needs to be conversation around debt. You know, some people are very uneasy with having any kind of debt at all. Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, it doesn't freak them out. And so to have even those kind of conversations about how much debt are are we, can we agree on having, uh, hopefully very little. But, you know, knowing each other's money personality, I think, is really helpful and what your financial habits are, you need to know those before you get to that committed stage of your relationship. Right. I mean, we have known, as you've said, Brett, engaged couples who are about to walk down the aisle who they don't know what their partner's income is. Well, beyond that, we've known married couples that's that true. have not had these conversations. Yeah. So something else I'll say that's worth mentioning here is to clearly communicate about the ideas of spending the, the areas of spending that you might think is are important, but maybe your partner doesn't. So for example, at our house, I'll share a little uh, Hearst uh, info here. I will always want to spend more money on clothes and home furnishings than you will, Brett Hearst. I think that's uh, a, that is a safe it's bet. It's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you will most likely always want to spend more money on music and gadgets. Gadgets? <laughs> like flashlights and things okay. like that, than I probably ever will. And so I think it's important here for couples to not poo-poo their 
the other person's tastes on what they like to spend money on. Because we'll hear every from, home needs a good flashlight. Because every because we'll hear from couples where, you know, let's say, and I don't want to get stereotypical here, but to the wife, she might really enjoy buying things for the house, mm-hmm. you know, new towels and bed sheets and things like that. And the guy's like, I don't care if we ever spend another dime on decorating the house. And your point is? My point is that they need to come to an agreement on what part of the budget can be you know, devoted to that and then not judge each other for, you know, spending flashlight money and that sort of thing. Watches. We won't go there. Yeah. Uh, So agree on a budgeted amount and then just stick to what you agree upon. Um, Okay. So our next topic here is dreaming about money together. Of course, we could have used the phrase set financial goals, but I think that sounds kind of nerdy. Dreaming sounds so much more fun. Uh, dreaming. Dreaming about, about money. money. Okay. Um, and I think there are a lot of young couples in particular who think they don't really have financial goals yet because they may not be earning what they hope to be earning in the future. So they don't really let themselves think too much about that because they're not there. Do you think that happens a lot? I think it's more the other way around. Well, you think people maybe are a little idealistic about uh, uh, yeah. When they're young? I think so. Yeah. But I also think, too— I think that's just American Americans in general. Yeah, but what I'm trying to get at is I think—I don't know if young couples give themselves permission to really talk about where we'd like to be in one to five years, oh, you know. In and more of a logical In more of a logical, yeah, like we're right. trying to save it for a house. What does that look like in the next three years? Like we'll or, do this instead of this. Yeah. We'll save up to, to accomplish this goal or yeah. because this is something that we'd like to dream— uh, about together. Yeah, because we all have financial goals, even if we don't really talk about them or give them a lot of credence, because we all have some kind of dream about around money, what we'd like to do with our money. That's true. So we tell couples to have one to five year goal conversations or dream conversations, and then long range dream conversations too, like where do we want to be when we retire? What do we want that to look like? And of course, you know, some of your goals will change, life kind of throws you some curves here and there. But I think this is where good communication can really come in handy. Andy, is to help each other, you know, sort out what those dreams really look like and, and what's behind those dreams. Because mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, you know, particularly if you were raised in a family maybe where money was very tight, you may have a different reason for dreaming financially than if you married someone who money was really never an issue. Right. You know, that comes from a different place, I think. It's amazing what you bring to the table from your family of origin. Yeah. And then lastly, know your financial histories. I think this is so important. You should not only discuss the future, but you should also know what has happened in each other's financial pasts. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, especially if you have really bad credit or if you've ever filed bankruptcy, sometimes there's some shame around that and you may not really want to be honest with your partner. Mm -hmm. But we say lay it out all out on the table because there's nothing like getting a bad surprise, you know, in the area of finances. And keep in mind, too, that your partner's past credit does not affect yours, but it may affect you in terms of when you come together and you want to qualify for a joint credit card or a joint loan, then it can be an issue. But, um, you know, we, we've talked to couples who um, they have tackled their debt before they got married because they just wanted to get their financial house in order. And I think that's great. There are other couples we've known who've decided to go ahead and marry and then tackle that debt as a married couple. I don't think there's a wrong answer either way. It really just depends on the couple and what you've agreed to. But, um, you know, we, we do 
You you can pull your credit report for free once a year at annualcreditreport.com. I think that's really important. We've pulled our credit report, Brett, and found that someone was, you know, trying to get a credit card in our name. We didn't even know that was happening until we pulled the report or some people have things like LifeLock and other things in place that kind of red flag if someone's using their social and that kind of thing. There's a lot of people out there that want your stuff. Yeah. And so, um, it's just good to know what, what you've, where you are, where you stand, what's in your reports. Uh, but more specifically what you brought up in the first place is just laying it all out on the table between, uh, two people. Yeah. And we also know couples who, you know, they've come into a relationship maybe later in life after years and years of being independent and handling their own money. And we can really appreciate the challenge of, you know, merging everything all of a sudden. And so we just, we've told couples in the past, you know, if you feel the need, you know, just kind of to take baby steps into this shared um, finance goal, maybe keep a small bank account that's in your own name, that's fine. Here's the, here's the point. Make sure you're communicating this in your relationship. Financial secrets, I don't think are ever appropriate. I'm trying to think of a uh, you know, an example of when it would be good to have right. a financial secret. I don't think it's ever really appropriate for a married couple. Yeah. Unless maybe you were saving for a surprise gift or something. Yeah. Ooh, I like that idea. <laughs> I knew you would like that. <laughs> um, now, if you'd like to dig in even a little deeper into the topic of tackling money together, we want you to go back and listen to uh, episodes 25 and 26 of Marriage to the Max. This is a two-part interview that we did a few years back with Randy Schrader, who's a um, just a, a great money advisor. And uh, we explore even more detail around a lot of this. So uh, you've got that option as well. Good idea. Awesome. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, please send us an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org, and we will do our best to get it on the air. And we hope you'll share the love by rating this podcast on iTunes, which helps us to have more visibility. Well, thank y'all so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.